Welcome to Stoop Zen. Stoop Zen is a series of Dharma talks by Anthony Osler, Dai Chong Osho, the guiding teacher at Poplar Grove Zendo in South Africa, and a former Zen monk. The talks draw from traditional Zen teachings and koans to make them relevant wherever we live and whatever life we lead. If you feel inspired by these teachings and would like to make an offering to support Stupzen, you can go to our website, stupzen.co.za, to find out how. The first precept in, in the Buddhist tradition is, is the precept of honoring life. The traditional precept is not to kill, as most of you will know. In our embodiment precepts at Poplar Grove, in this lineage, we've reworded that as the the undertaking to honor our life including our death, of course. That's seen as part of the process. And it strikes me that what we've done with the precepts at Poplar Grove follows very much uh, how we see our meditations. That we've taken a traditional precept like don't kill and broadened it into a precept of honouring our life, or honouring life. And what's really happened in a way is that instead of starting with a rule for assistance in our everyday life, we've really tried to start from the other end from a life that is already complete. And when we look at precepts from that end, it translates into words like honoring my life instead of not causing harm. And there's something similar that happens in our meditation instruction. And I, I've been thinking a lot about it. It, it feels to me, uh, or has increasingly felt to me, that the meditation instruction we give are, in a sense, what we've inherited from a kind of generalized uh, meditation emphasis that is uh, part of our received uh, Dharma, received Buddhism, received spiritual practice. And that somehow it doesn't do justice to the real power of Zazen. And it feels to me that this 
the, the heart of Zazen or the essence of Zazen is that it's not an instruction to the suffering self how to get out of your head and into your life and make your life better, make it uh, less stressful, make it more peaceful, more loving, more spontaneous. Instead, Zazen strictly, deeply embodied in this Zen tradition is a ritualized enactment of enlightenment itself. And as such, the kind of words that appear when talking about our meditation are very different to the helpful instructions to the self that is seeking some kind of uh, stability and relief in their life. These two will meet at a certain point if, I, if my thoughts follow one on the other, which, of which there's no guarantee, as you know. But again, perhaps just by way of contrast, the, our meditation instruction usually says, you know, sit upright, be still, uh, follow your breath, count your breath, um, listen to the sounds, uh, be relaxed, let go of your thoughts, don't have any idea of gain or loss. And of course they're all helpful and accurate and necessary in some ways. But there is not the sense of inspiration that accompanies them. In a sense, uh, just diagrammatically as it were, it's almost as if these are the instructions for a hopefully successful move towards an inspired life. Whereas it feels to me that when we do our zazen, a different kind of instruction is, is necessary. And the kind of generalized uh, mindfulness instructions that we uh, inherited um, don't somehow do it justice. And I've been looking through various texts and writings, uh, as I like to do. And I pick up with my kind of uh, 
magnet eye. Some traditional instructions that come out of a dedicated monastic Zen tradition that somehow touch me. To be told that Zazen is to sit in the middle of your life touches me. To be told that in Zazen I am sitting in the midst of enlightenment, that I am sitting as Buddha, that this is the embodiment of my true nature. That in Zazen, my life is complete. That there's nothing further to seek in this moment of sitting. That already, this is it. I've been reading uh, in the Zendo um, some meditation instructions from the great 11th century Chinese Zen master, Hong Ji. And I'm just going to read that to you as an example of instructions for meditation given to monks who are doing Zazen. And one looks in, in vain for for instructions as to how to follow the breath and count the breath. Instead, there's a paragraph like this which I can't resist reading to you because I love it so much. In daytime, the sun. At night, the moon. Each in turn does not blind the other. This is how a patch-robed monk steadily practices, naturally, without edges or seams. To gain such steadiness, you must completely withdraw from the invisible pounding and weaving of your ingrained ideas. If you want to be rid of this invisible turmoil, you must just sit through it and let go of everything attain fulfillment and illuminate thoroughly light and shadow all together forgotten. Accept your function and be wholly satisfied. In the entire world you are not restricted. The whole time you still mutually respond Right in light, there is darkness. Right in darkness, 
there is light. A solitary boat carries the moon. At night it lodges amid the reed flowers, gently swaying in total brilliance. It feels to me that there's an aesthetic or poetic quality of inspiration in this way of looking at Zazen. And in that way, it's not utilitarian, it's not a useful thing we're looking at. It's more like a sitting as a work of art and it touches us in ways that an instruction uh, doesn't. Of course there are times when uh, however inspiring the words are we just can't hear them because our mind is uh, thinking and analyzing and commenting and so on. And that seems to exclude our zazen. But then there's another step where as part of our understanding of Zazen, we accept that we must go broader than the division between thinking and no thinking. That it's not that thoughts are obscuring our enlightenment, but that our enlightenment, if we are true to it, includes and is wider than the thoughts that are running through our heads. So that our zazen then includes our whole life our sense of aliveness and livingness in this moment. Not as a judgment on our thinking self, but in great friendship with it. And then already the quality and kind of thinking that, that we are part of uh, begins to change. It's also true, of course, that sometimes we just simply need some basic instruction. We just can't get the inspiration, we can't get the jargon, we can't, however much we tell ourselves that everything is fine as it is, yeah, we just don't believe this. 
And sometimes we have to go back to uh, what I'd like to see as kind of secondary instructions, our skillful means. Meditation instruction as a skillful means of bringing us back, of then saying, all right, sit in this way. Follow the breath. Listen to the birds. And in that way, bringing this thinking, doubting, cynical self uh, into a place where the content of its thoughts and emotions are not so prominent. But have a, a more permeable quality about them and less insistent. And then we let them go and come back into this experience of complete aliveness as we sit. And then we begin to get a sense of the of the role of Zazen, of its power as of its power as our life itself enacting itself in this moment. And this is not only, as it were, complete in itself with nowhere else to seek. But it becomes the model, as it were, or the inspiration for the rest of our formal Zen practice, our bowing, our chanting, our getting up and our going down. And it becomes the model in turn for our turning around and going back into our lives with jobs and families, politicians and humorless warmongers. And to see if we can live our life there as an expression of our, what instinctively we feel as our true nature, our original nature, our boundless self, which of course includes the practical self that finds ways to respond to things, as well as the self that is able to stay in contact with that very source of boundlessness itself. So that our practice becomes a practice in authentic life, where our practice is rooted in reality, in the reality of our lives, and 
and expresses that in the ordinary day-to-day things that happen in our experience. And so our lives have an opportunity to become rich not only on retreat, not only in a simplified environment such as we have here at Poplar Grove's Ender, or even the simplicity of taking part in a Zoom meeting, but of embodying this quality in, in whatever we do so that we have an opportunity to to meet people with great respect whoever they are to be able to meet whatever twists and turns happen in the course of our lives And to meet that uh, with a kind of fearlessness and, and openness that is not just or that when we're able to do it, and of course we aren't always, but when we're able to live in that way, it's not only an instinctive recognition that I am I'm living my life to the fullest and that if I were to die now I would not be filled with regret. But in that life there's also a, a sense that the Divisions between myself and others, myself and my environment, have disappeared. And that this way of living our life is our gift to the world. In uh, Buddhist vocabulary, they talk of This is how I save all beings. And this is the direction of my life. However difficult it sometimes feels, however impossible it sometimes is for us, this is always a possibility for us. And that's why we come to practice. To be reminded, to be reminded of this, and to be reminded that the place we start is to find our true life right now. Not as a trick, not as a game, not as a belief, but in our experience, in this moment, 
our Zazen of this moment. Your listening to this talk in this moment. How complete is your life? How alive are you in your sitting and your listening? It's a heartbreakingly wonderful thing to be able to share with you. And thank you so much for for coming along today. <laughs> thank you. Thank you.